1: Beats by Dre, Beats by Dre. I won. I won some Beats by Dre headphones at the Super Bowl party. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like actually, yeah. Like legit ones, not like ones from AliExpress or oh. anything like. They good ones. So how do you know those aren't legit? Well, I did have a an official Beats by Dre sticker on it. Anybody can put that on. Uh, no, but yeah, actual legit ones is pretty rad party we go to every year, you've been there once yeah. or twice yeah i can make it this time so i got the the beats by dre headphones and a, t- a 12 case of wine so i don't maybe we'll have to have you guys over for some wine or if
0: we don't meet up anytime
1: soon i will just show up at your house and take whatever you're willing to give me well consistently i don't actually see you that often that's fair. just just once a week for the last 20 weeks that's that's fair here comes the rocket from center, passes the blue. Line.
0: The power play and it's three-nothing. Stan with the power play goal. One second left in the
1: penalty. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Pass
0: the punch to Hamus. He shoots it. Oh, Dan Hamuse. Canucks are four for five on the power play, and they lead five to two. Besser scores. What a pass. It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's four-nothing.
1: Has yeah. it been that long? It's been, well this is our, what, our 22nd
0: episode? And is it 21 days or 21 weeks that it becomes a routine? I think it's 21 days. 20,
1: so 22 episodes, this is Sadine week, so that's Ooh. a nice little, little mix in there. We meant to do it this way. We definitely did not, but that's okay. Cause imagine if we started one week later, or earlier, sorry, it'd be Edler week. It'd be Edler week. Or Michael Jordan. So no Brady this week. No Brady, uh, and he'd be rolling over right now because he is really like on the. He's really on the, the Canucks' plan to have Sedin week this week because they knew the team would be on a lull and they would need a bump, an emotional, an emotional buff. And although I don't think that's why they scheduled for this week, it may have actually given him that buff that he was talking about. It, it almost didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start,
0: welcome to the PB1 Podcast. I am your unofficial host for this week. I'm Ryan Hank. You know me from the internets. You know me from connects Army, my former uh, home, uh, always94.com. You can still go there. I have stuff. I haven't posted in a while, but it's still there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm from. And uh, as always, as always, the man, the
1: legend, not a myth, Ted Wong. How are you doing, Ted? Yeah, I'm I'm doing it. That's really really nice of you to set it up like that. You're a nice guy. Make me Good. sound super important. So yeah. Ted Wong, I don't write for Canucks Army. I don't write for the Canuck Way. I have a little Twitter account. You can find me at T E E three R E E. That stands for T three somehow. It actually makes sense. We're just making a big deal out of it. Um I wasn't placed in the 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 Twitter March Madness battle for the Canucks. Neither was I. So um, that's quite fitting because I'm probably a first round up. So I'd be like, I wouldn't even be like Villanova. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang in there and be like one of those guys that none of the teams want to play. I would, I would be like Tulsa, the or Tulsa Wave or wasn't something Seton like that. Seton Hall, kind of good. How about that? Yeah,
0: I'd be, I'd be out early. So you know what? I'm just gonna make this comment because even though you don't have, you know, you don't write for any of the the sites or, but you you got a presence of you today. You're dressed pretty much like sea bass. <laughs> um you've got you've got that uh kind of the modern the mo- <laughs> gross <laughs> you have that modern trucker uh look you know with the zip up hoodie underneath because i'm assuming that's what um sea bass would be like i in think 2020.
1: i think it's just a jean jacket but i'll i'll take that we got like yeah. the the hat little we'll beard look, shout out to ex-canuck cam neely portraying sea bass and dumb and dumber so there's that so really I mean, I don't know if Seabass is uh, drinking a Starbucks, but... Uh, I don't know what he's doing either, but he's probably kicking ass. He probably is, so he's probably
0: running some team we don't want to talk about. So yeah. But otherwise, than that, uh, anyway, we are here uh, to talk some Canucks. We're here to talk about the Canucks power play, um, which we will clearly get into. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sedin's retirement ceremony, which was off the hook amazing. We're going to have a little bit of... Change. Really well done. A little bit of a chitty chat about uh, some guy named Jacob Markstrom, who is uh, making a case for himself for a few awards that I don't think we expected him to be um, in the conversation for. Speaking of awards, we're going to talk about a guy named Quinn Hughes. He's good. Um, If you haven't seen him on the television, he is an up-and-coming superstar in the NHL. Maybe check him out. And uh, we'll get into a few other things like, uh, obviously, the trade deadline is kind of creeping up, so we're going to chat about that. Um, roster
1: implications. Yeah. I
0: mean, that it covers a lot of ground, but uh, and then there's a few other little doodads and whatnots. Um, but other than that, uh, let's have some fun tonight. Uh, you know, two-man group, blue-man group? No, 2, two I, I'm not going to make any more jokes like that. Let's just start. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, you did it. Okay. So... Let's get into... Uh, let's just do the obvious uh, thing to start. Uh, the Sedins. They, they had a career, and I'm going to combine both of them in this word. They had a career that was just absolutely unbelievable. They're, if you were to go through the entire history of the NHL, you'd be hard-pressed to find two guys that encompassed like Not perfection, that's the wrong word, but what they meant to the game of hockey, what they meant to their, their local city and their area, um, the fan base to um, their communities to, as uh, philanthropists, I guess is the proper word. Um, they kind of did it all on and off the ice. And last night their jerseys were retired. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so fitting that it still wasn't even about them.
1: No, they, they, when they finally got to speak, they got up to the mic after having all of this sort of, the, this this like, you know, amazingness and kind words and, yeah. and everything brought to them. They're the center of attention, which they never wanted to be throughout their careers. No. But they they get up to the mic to go say their thank yous for all the kind words to The first things out of their words weren't even stuff about the Canucks or themselves. It was, "Hey, we just want to send our thoughts to Jay Bulmester and make sure everything's okay with him." Like so. literally the first words. Yeah, yeah. It. <sighs> So just continue to be selfless, everyone else first, human beings. Um, and I I never obviously had the chance to meet them or spend any time there. I don't claim to know them. But um, yeah, there, there's some guys that just have an aura about them. And there's uh, you can tell that they had the respect of their teammates due to the people that showed up there to support them. Yeah. It was, who didn't uh... always get along. Um, and, and everybody came. So... That doesn't happen by accident and uh, a celebration this big. I mean, even Bettman was there. It was it's kind of funny. Respect. It's like the biggest dysfunctional family, and yet it
0: was the who's who, really. I mean, not quite of the NHL, but a little bit. And uh,
1: you're right. Gary Bettman's there. They had... Uh, was Bill Daly there, too? Daly was there, too. Yeah, Daly got booed first because everybody thought they were right. going to announce Batman first. and they So they booed Daly, and then when they announced Bettman, they just kept on booing. It was great. And the, yeah. And then they get into, like it is, it was a who's who, basically, of, uh, you know,
0: Canucks royalty. And I was kind of likening it to, uh, you know, yesterday, during the day, that it was almost like this royal ceremony. And it was just like, it was unbelievable. You have, like, Trevor Linden comes back, and there's a lot of talk about uh, what was going on with Linden and his relationship with the Canucks right now. And you've heard a few interviews in the past
1: week that... uh, that clearly hasn't mended yet. Yeah, like, I thought that was pretty... I thought that was just... He those played, interviews were, like... It was more like what he didn't say yeah. in those interviews. It was very, like, read between the lines. Like, I'm going to talk about all the good things and I'm not going to mention the GM.
0: But, which is smart. I Again, I, I don't think... And he he's kind of the same way. He would have never made it about him. Um, that's kind of where the Sadines learned a lot of this stuff was from Trevor when they first came in. Um, and they kind of carried that on. But you see... Linden comes in there, massive ovation. I mean, it's still Trevor Linden. Um, we saw Ryan Kessler, which he was kind of wondering what kind of uh, reception he'd get. Nothing it, but cheers. Just it's it's good, and I think there's a there's a chance that uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. But you know, yeah, yeah, ring of honor stuff maybe down the road. Or, so you
1: had Linden, you had. You had BXA, you had Naslin, you had Smeal, there was you know, there was other big names there too. There was Roberto Ryan, Luongo. Was Roberto Luongo, Ryan Kessler, and Yannick Hansen was Yeah, there I too. That apparently was kinda... apparently he just lives in like North Van. <laughs> That's everyone thought it was a big deal. Like he just lives around the street. Yeah. So So really 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 well done. I think uh, I mean it was kinda weird seeing like Gillis sit next to to Nonis. And Burke. And that was, that was about as
0: amazing. You talk about things that weren't said with Lyndon. Imagine what it would have been like to be sitting in that row. Probably, there probably wasn't a lot going on. But <laughs> just, just the feeling like you could have cut the tension with a chainsaw. Yeah. Like it was, that was almost as imp- as of impressive as anything else that happened that night. And just because you, we all know all the stories and we know everything that's gone on, who got fired and who you know replaced that guy and this, that, and the other. And it was, I mean, Jim Benning was just thrilled to be there. He he looked, <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> smiled and waved like a bit of a dolt. But it was pretty funny. Um, like I said, I'm just happy to be here. Um, but just looking at that row, I remember I was kind of thinking about this too, Um after the 2011 uh, series, uh, I was in Vegas for the NHL awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were, uh, were at the awards there, and all the Canucks are sitting in one row um, in the theater there. And being around the hotel um, for the few days prior, is was at the Palms, and just kind of, you'd walk around, and all they had was, like, game seven on. Every, on every TV in the hotel, in the rooms, like, you turned it on, like... NHL Network was replaying this because, obviously, the awards were about to happen. And, like, everywhere you go, it's game seven, game seven, game seven. Well, you know, as, you know, four Canuck fans that were there, it kind of sucked. But looking at that row, and I looked at Kessler's face, and I looked at Daniel's face, and I looked at Gillis, and who else? I can't remember. Oluongo was there and Schneider because mm-hmm. they had won uh, the Jennings. Jennings, yeah. And um, you looked at that, and that was about the most awkward place they could have been sitting there knowing they had just lost the week prior Mm -hmm. it was very fresh and the only real awards that were going to be won most likely would have been Kessler Daniel and uh well Gillis which again two of the three won um for the Selkie and uh uh, Jim of the Year and obviously like I said Luongo and and Schneider got the Jennings but uh, just looking on their faces again you could have cut the tension with a knife there they did not want to be at that award show imagine what it's like to have a crushing loss and then you got to be surrounded by your peers as they're celebrating the brand new Stanley Cup champs the Bruins and they're up for a bunch of awards that definitely didn't feel as good because they had just absolutely got pounded
1: yeah that's kind of how it goes I mean uh, especially when we bring it back like earlier in the season when we had a lot of the 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 94 legends skate out and they were all done up in their gear and mclean still looked like he could still play and they were interviewing mclean and adams after the game and they were like you know what does what does the 94 run mean to you like how was it important in career like you you still need to talk about it all the time to people all the time and they said it still to this day hurts them it's not something they like to bring up it's not they understand that it's part of the role and it's you know you can't deprive people of that right but it's still after all those years, it's still fresh with those guys. Still hurts them. So I couldn't imagine going to an awards ceremony, like a week after the fact, and all of your exes. Are yeah, man, they're, they're still they're still cleaning up Vancouver at this point. Yeah. Like, there's there's still yeah. a big mess. They're out there with sweepers, still yeah. taking care of the riot. And, oh jeez. Yeah. So it was kind of like it was kind of like injury to insult. But there's it was uh, you're right. It was kind of cool seeing. That that list of, of GMs roll out. I mean, there was Burke there, who obviously engineered the greatest trade that ever happened to Vancouver. It still boggles the mind. Uh, it just absolutely crazy. I think it was like oh, at like Brian McCabe and and the first or whatever to acquire that pick. So, um, or not the first, but yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. so they they managed to get themselves in between the, the Twins. Uh, Burke obviously stamps his you know his his approval on this squad, and every, we know it's a Burke squad right from day one. Um, they have a lot of success, right? I mean, they got beat up by Detroit a bunch of years, never could slay that dragon, never could go over that hump. Uh, and then they leave. He leaves, and, and Nonis takes over. And Nonis doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, I guess there was the Luongo trade, right? That, that was his his big achievement, which was, don't get me wrong. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. as
0: big as any of the other big moves that happened. So
1: he made a couple of big moves, like he signed like Mark Schwinnard. That was a big sign. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, there, the, notice didn't have a huge play. Did, there wasn't. Did, did he a, oh. get Keith Carney too? I think he got Keith Carney. Eric Maybe Weinreich. Eric Weinrich. Yeah. Nice. So, so there's a bunch of funny notice things. Derek Gillis Brooks. comes in and completely turns the corner, like a super forward thinker. Before analytics were even like a real thing in the NHL, it was like, what, what are the advantages that we can get? Any advantage that we can give our players? Schedule maker, that, sleep doctor, all right? That. All that stuff, like right down to the improving the whole inside and makeup of GM Place was all changed well, or the dressing room that was a big deal exactly yeah. so I mean I think I think Gillis brought back a real credibility to the NHL he did the this, this Sundin signing which didn't pay off for them but it it raised a red flag for them to say like, hey, look, free agents, important guys, this is a place that you can come play, come play and we'll make it work for you. And
0: aside from how that series ended, he actually ended up being, I think he was their leading scorer in the playoffs that year.
1: Yeah, it's like he's a pretty decent player and it was cool for us for the first time ever to get a legit free agent, right? So they, um, you know, like a mega a mega forward thinker, the, the, the work and the genius that Henning did on that roster for the salary cap to make it work, to go in with all those those top four defensemen, just yeah, just just phenomenal. So um, you know, when he leaves, Burke takes over, or not Burke, sorry, Benning takes over. Um, and what's it, it's been five years. They make the playoffs that first they year. They make the playoffs the first year. It's been five years. People are talking about Benning as like a possible, you know, GM of the year nominee, that kind of thing, right? But it's crazy when you look at the body of work that Gillis accomplished versus, and, and this all kind of comes back, I'm not trying to Benning bro or, yeah. or anything yeah, yeah. like that, but when you look at the body of work between those two GMs and what they accomplished, it almost makes you feel like, oh man, I kind of, I really miss that Henning and Gillis combo. And and what the stamps and hallmarks of those teams were. You knew what a Berkey team was. You knew what a Gillis team was. What kind of players they were going to be acquiring. Mm. And I feel like even after all this time, I still don't know what the identity of these. I think this roster is. I think it's a draft team. Like it's more of the Judd bracket kind
0: of. Yeah. Like it's it's not necessarily who they've picked up. It's who they've drafted.
1: Yeah, because aside from, I mean the Miller thing was great, but there hasn't been a lot of brought in free agents that have really, you know, I still don't really identify Furlan with the squad. I mean, Sutter never really took off. Um, you know, the, the Ryan Miller thing, it worked it, out at the end. Yeah, It was a good stopgap
0: to get Markey and Demko into their position.
1: Yeah. The, the Erickson
0: thing, like they're, they're that one is, I mean, the stats kind of said with Erickson, but you know, th- there are players that do buck that trend, but, uh, I think because he was the guy that was there and, you know, they, I just hate it when they just go and throw money at players. Like, sometimes it's okay to just not spend money.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm still figuring that one out
0: myself, but... Uh,
1: yeah, so I still, I, I mean, it's great that we're heading into the playoffs and, and the playoffs are where you build an identity as a team. So maybe if we get to the playoffs this year, we'll get to see what this team is and we'll get to see how we associate... Play with this team so maybe it'll be always 2020 still still unwritten right the, yeah. the things that that Benning has to do on this roster so yeah lots of interesting stuff coming up over the next little bit lots of decisions that that coaching or that management staff is gonna have to make but yeah it's it was really really cool seeing all those guys all in one spot even if it was just for a little bit and and my favorite part about the whole thing was the BX roast and then he just he goes in and it was just so
0: so natural so fluid And as soon as he started talking about it being a roast, and then he starts getting to how it's not going to be a roast, you instantly knew what was about to go down. And he's so clever, which is why I think... uh, I love love him. Roger Sportsnet, CBC, conglomerate, whatever. He's such a steal. He's going to... I I don't want to compare him to a Don Cherry, because that's what everyone's going to bring. He's going to be, though, that next talent that takes off for um for hockey as far as a broadcaster he's not going to be a color commentary guy he's going to be one of those seats he's going to be sitting with elliot every week elliot freeman he's going to be there on that round table and the, i guarantee you by the time it's all said and done with kevin bx he might be he might be one of the most recognizable hockey figures when it's all said and
1: done, and yeah. I'm talking of all time. The guy's going. The guy's going places. He's for sure. so he's so clever. I mean, he's... even though Elias Petterson doesn't recognize him, which is pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty friggin' he's funny. Like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Like you can tell. You're right. You hit the nail on the head there. Like he he's got this quick wittedness to him and this small level of arrogance, but it's verified because he played the game and the style exactly. that he played it for exactly. such a long time that the players respect it. Um, and he's just, a, he's just a funny dude. Man. He is so funny and
0: but you're right But he brings that realism to it because you can it's I guess any good comedian will sell
1: the joke as if it actually happened and He could have said whatever he literally could have said Whatever He could have said and Daniel and Hendrick had a mousetrap fetish And if, if he was the one delivering it with that conviction everybody would have believed yeah, it. he'd be like well It's a fun game <laughs> are we talking about the game or actual mousetraps. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying anything. okay. Yeah,
0: but he goes in, and he starts talking about uh, how uh, everybody's chugging water, uh, you know, the night before a game, and you go into the Sedins, uh in their hotel room, and they've got cheesecake, which totally just doesn't fit the mold of Henrik and Danny. You would think, like, no, no, these guys are clean cut, they're, you know... They win got, the conditioning they, contest They've, they've got re-eared. their kale salad waiting for them after uh, they get to the hotel room, and they're, you know, they're, uh, what's that bottle of water brand that... Vion or what's it called? The boss or Voss. You're, you're doing great. Anyway, thanks. Thanks, dad. <laughs> uh, you know, they just, it doesn't speak that. And then he gets into how uh, Daniel's got like this crazy addiction to candy. And you're just starting to go like, wait, 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 wait. Like the Sedins. We're talking about the guys that are winning marathons or putting up absolutely redonkulous numbers in marathons all the time, killing it on the grouse grind. Like, no, no, these guys are addicted or that Henrik comes into to training camp overweight and still ends up cleaning house on everybody like there's no way maybe some of these are fake but it didn't
1: feel like it no so, and yeah, that kind of changed the mode a little bit. We go from thinking that these guys are just the supreme conditioned athletes, which they are. Oh, yeah. But to be like, yeah, so I, I enjoy... They're real people, too. I enjoy cheesecake. Yeah.
0: So what? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to tell them no?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, yeah, last time I checked, uh, we got a few trophies to our name. We got a few uh,
1: statistics behind us. Like, yeah, yeah, hey, man, you you do you. So so really well done. I mean, that combined with the, with the Legends game the night before. Yeah. Um, which was very very cool. I thought my favorite part about that was when they were raising the jerseys to the rafter I'm Just gonna say they that. were all so different We had we had steamers jersey from his era and the yellow, jersey yeah. from his era and mm. Burray and linden from theirs and then the twins mm. looks different again So I man that was just the nicest touch and that was one of my biggest annoyances when you saw jerseys up in the rafters and it's not the it just I, I don't associate beret with a green and blue jersey Actually, I kind
0: of do. When I was at Jersey City and they released the new uh, the Vancouver wordmark, mm-hmm. I thought, hey, you know what? There's people out there that will buy this. So I remember sending one away and we got Buray 10 on it. And I think it took me a week to sell it. And I just laughed myself. I thought that was wrong, but I did. <laughs> but you're right. It's, it doesn't make any sense to have that blue and green just because those are the current colors. You know, give every one of those players their proper identity. And I saw they had a plaque made that you could buy on their uh, team store. It's already sold out. I want one so bad for the eventual PP1 podcast uh, room, which hopefully will be done by the end of the weekend. Okay, Um, it, It was so cool. I think it's one of those really neat pieces that just... Really kind of brings, I mean, if you're a Canucks fan, it's really cool. Sure, I mean, if um, you're listening to this podcast. If you're in Minnesota, like St. Paul, you're like, well, I'm not a big fan. If you
1: listen to this podcast, you might not be a Canucks fan, but you may be an aunt or an uncle or something like that of one of us, and that's why you're listening. But Yeah, I hint, hint, like, I've got a birthday and Christmas is right around the corner. So, in yeah. and amongst all of that amazingness from the festivities in this weekend, which was rad... Very rad. There was some... People there, are still saying rad. There was still some games being played. Yeah, they they did play some hockey, believe
0: it or not, which we almost forgot um, that they even played a game after that massive
1: ceremony, which wasn't too long. It was just right. It was like three back. It was just right, and e- even to the point of mentioning the Blackhawks and Mark Crawford and, uh, and and Daniel Sedin giving a little... or Henrik Sedin giving a little shout-out to Duncan Keith. It's classic. Yeah. Just classic.
0: But you're right. They did play a few games. Um... The game in Minnesota, they dropped uh, 4-2. Calgary, uh, again, felt like the wheels were starting to fall off. They played a great game against Calgary, even though they got drubbed. Um, can you say that? Yes, I can. Okay. I, I did, so it's okay. it's, it's, right. it's happened yeah, now. Sure. And, you know, I just started thinking, like, are we going to go through another one of these little blurbs that, uh, you know, now we really got to start thinking, like, where is this team headed? Are they still... As good as they've been playing, or are they going to go back to being like that, you know, the actual bubble team where they may or may not make the playoffs?
1: Yeah, well, there's some signs in that Minnesota game where, one, it looked like Miller was just carrying that team on his back at that point. Which he's kind of done. Um, but it, the power play came alive for the first time in a little bit, too, so. Yeah, so they
0: sparked a little bit again, which, you know, felt like forever since that actually happened, because, I mean... We named a podcast after it and I started thinking the other day, like maybe we need to rename our podcast because I don't think the power play even exists anymore. Yeah, we can call it the drop pass, maybe. Oh, someone's gonna do that. We might have to <laughs> trademark that. But then they go and play Nashville after the City in game after the City in retirement ceremony. And the Kinects almost got Oh no, so I'm sorry, Nashville I'm I'm a little bit ahead of myself. They go and play Nashville. And they continue their power play scoring ways. Well, before that, there was the Calgary game. I mentioned the Calgary Oh, game did you? Like, okay. I did. You made fun of me. You're doing great. And then, yeah, they go to Nashville, or they play Nashville, and they absolutely spank them. And uh, the power play somehow just ignites again. They go, I believe it was 10 for 12 this season, which is, the, is that a real number that you can do?
1: Yeah, it's the I, so to that point, I don't think anybody had excelled to that pace before. So that was that might be like like that's an unreal clip. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, Nashville is apparently who we need to play if the power play is slumping. Um, but not only that, we got to see Sutter score. We got to see a goal from McEwen. I mean, Jamie Ben gets back into the lineup for another, the next couple of games. Just wait, 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 Jordy Jordy Ben. ben. I'm just gonna keep calling him Jamie Ben. I think, and we'll continue to correct you. So, Ben. JB. JB, the bearded one. Oh, yes. Gets back into the game. He scores a goal. So now weird shit is happening because Absolutely. we've got goals from McEwen, Ben, and Sutter. And then and then the regular boys start clipping in. And then, and then by then, I'm talking about Petey Miller and Vertanen. And I think it's time that we can probably say that Vertanen has become a regular contributor, not to the score sheet. It's. He
0: just just when you might start thinking that things are about to maybe regress with him, and he he has a an impactful game, and usually with those impactful games, there's a goal. Not always, but it seems to be. But yeah, I think uh, Jake Vertanen has proven himself that he is. He's not quite in that core group yet. Well, he might be. I think we probably but, have to talk about that. But he, I was gonna say he's not there yet. I don't think, but he's really really close.
1: Well, I want to ask that question, right? Because when it comes time to us to name a protected list um, for the expansion draft, yeah. we're going to have to make some tough choices, mm-hmm. and that's pretty obvious. So we know that guys with no movement clauses like Edler and Myers are going to have to be there right off the bat, taking up at least two spots. Yeah. Um, we know for a fact that guys like P. D. Bo and Besser and Hughes are not going anywhere. Um, and even by then, at age 27, 28, we know that we've given up a first round draft pick for a guy like Miller, plus he's playing to a level where there's no way that we can move him at this point, right? Uh, th- I wouldn't move him. So, that leaves a couple of spots. One's gonna be for a goaltender. Which goaltender do we take? Yeah. And the other is gonna leave one more hole open, and I feel like the two guys that are sitting on that bubble list are Vertanen and Gaudet. Hmm. So I mean I don't know shit about shit, and that's gonna shake itself out sometime when we get a lot closer. But at this moment, if you had to choose over who you're gonna keep in that bottom spot, because really we feel like there's only there's only one spot where we can make a decision on somebody not going. So we're saying God, Goddet or Vertana, and you have to pick one to get rid of. You gotta to to pick one. To I expose. would expose, and I would be really like I wish Brady was here because I'd love to hear because I know that he's got a big. He's cringing right now. He's got a big godette. Boner. Yes, he loves the guy. Yeah, um, but I would really like to know who Brady knows. But I'd be, I'd be curious to think or to know who you'd rather take. This is a tough one,
0: but I'm looking at it because I guess the school of thought is, as far as centers go, um, you know, you essentially don't get rid of, of centers. They're just like defensemen. They're pretty tough to find uh, established, um, you know, productive centers because there's only four of them uh, on, and usually. You know, the first two are obviously quite important to your team. The third one in this case um, is becoming a, a fixture as well. Um, but that being said, if Vertanen is progressing the way that he is, and they're both the same age, mm-hmm. they're both 23. If Vertanen is on the same trajectory that he's been showing, even though he's a winger, I mean, I'm a, I was a huge, and still I'm a huge fan of Todd Bertuzzi, and I, and I wrote an article a few years back how they're not the same player. But if there's a chance that we have another power winger um, in the midst and he's about to blow up, as great as Adam Gaudet's been, and he's been great, I think there are enough guys that potentially could be coming up on the farm in the next couple years um, that can make a, a big enough difference that uh, I would probably keep for Tannen. The tough thing is because Pod Colson is going to be uh, showing up in about two years as his Hoglander.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, then what? Because those are two guys that also play the wing, and now we're looking at some other guys. But uh, I would say in this case, for this week, and based on what I've kind of spewed out of my mouth, I would probably keep Jake Vertanen, which a year ago, you and I talking, I probably would have taken Godet. And
1: that's without knowing what Godet even was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how about you? That was, that, that was like a good setup and a good intro. And I like how you sort of broke down the pros and cons between both guys and that it seems like it's a really close thing, but I don't even think it's that close. I think it's Vertanen by a landslide. And, and I, I think those reasons, because especially if you're looking at it from like a possession standpoint, we know what Vertanen can do. He is a reliable defensive forward he contributes five-on-five, five, doesn't have to play on the power play to be effective. We know that he can roll anywhere from like the first to the fourth line and be in a good spot. He doesn't play center, you're right, but I'm not sure that Gaudet's future in the NHL is as a center either. And it may not be. So I I see all of these things, and we know that Vertanen actually has a history of being a very, very strong defensive player and, and, sure. and possession player. If anything, he's lagged this year, and he's still, he's still holding his own as a solid player. So... Not to mention that he's clipping along and he's probably going to score twenty goals this year. I think it's inevitable. Um, and if we compare that to Godet, who's still developing, even though he's the same age as Vertanen, and I'm not trying to slag on him, but from a possession standpoint, he doesn't hold a candle to Vertanen. And I think you have to if you're going to be a third line center in the NHL. Sure. And he's got a he's rocking like a dope, dope, dope shooting percentage right now, and that's just not sustainable. So I like that he's finishing on the shots that he's getting. It means that we're still developing him as a player. But the more polished player, the better player, the better player for your roster in the long run is, and I don't, unequivocally, Jake Vertanen.
0: In the immediate uh, future, the fact that we still have both of these guys on this team for whatever kind of run they make of one round, make the playoffs, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of talent there right now that I think we can enjoy for however long that's going to be and it might be only one more season. But uh, again, as I said, we do have a handful of players that are definitely going to be pushing. Cole Lind is slaying it in Utica right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for him to show up, um, You know, at the very least, to training camp and make a run to at least get a cup of coffee next season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cup of coffee, this is some great coffee. Yes, thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, for right now, it's, it's great, but... Yeah, I I do think um, Jake Vertan is probably that guy. I think they've also invested a lot in Jake Vertan, and that it's going to be there any way you look at it. That his draft status will never truly escape his persona, I suppose. Even though it kind of has, there's always going to be that little bit of, you know, I guess, dealt from not necessarily everybody, but you do look at it he and kind of
1: lives in the same role as Zach Cassian does, right? I mean, Zach Cassian yeah. was a fairly high pick for a, a budding power forward and a guy who ripped it up in junior. Uh, oh yeah. Who's a different player at the NHL level.
0: I believe he beat the clone of rockets in, uh, his final year, junior, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Windsor Spitfires, him and Tyler Hill or Taylor Hall, whatever. That's <laughs> a joke. If anybody knew that one, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, they have invested a ton in Jake and I've finally seen the light in the last eight, nine months. And, uh, it would be uh, it would be sad to see him leave, and then all of a sudden you know tear it up in Seattle. Yeah, and especially again, because if he's going to any team, it's two hours of course away. It's,
1: of course, it's to Seattle. And again, this isn't a slag on on Godet. No, but for a player who is the same age as Vertanen, I think when you compare those two guys one to one, you can see that one, even though they're the same age, is is, is better than the other. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a really interesting, albeit shitty, problem to have. Yeah. Um, but it's less shitty than having to decide on whether you're going to keep Demko or Markstrom. Yeah, and speaking of Markstrom, I want to just get back to, apparently, I skipped a game, which was the
0: Nashville one. Um, but we get back into that Chicago game quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and that ceremony, usually you find out one of the teams is because they've been waiting a long time for that game to start, and everything is kind of, you know, everyone's routines are a little bit off. Um, the Canucks were definitely off thankfully they held their own um, when you give up 13 shots to none to start the first period and yet they still somehow held their own Markstrom was otherworldly again he kept them in that game until the Canucks finally got their proper you know their legs and their you know their passes together and then they do go and score that goal and then you know they just continue to you know chink away at the armor there. But uh, if it wasn't for Jacob Markstrom's 49 save shutout performance, which it's weird to start talking about shutouts with Jacob Markstrom in the same say, sentence. Yeah. Um, he's definitely starting to earn... Uh, he's definitely starting to odies, earn his outies. Yeah, he's, he's starting to be in a conversation for not one but two trophies, and I don't know how legit this is going to be, and I kind of debated with you before we started... Um, there's a chance that he could be talked about for the Vesna, which I don't agree with just because it's usually based on hard stats more so than anything else. So it's goals against and save percentage, which aren't in the top anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it, it feels super weird to say it because I hate adding a goaltender and everybody knows where this is going. But Jacob Markstrom as a heart candidate has to be at some point very soon a legit conversation and it may not last and he may kind of tinker down a little bit and you know be a 908 safe percentage and still somehow steal all these games and look absolutely redonkulous but if we're talking about MVPs and yes it usually goes to you know usually at the high like Art Ross or whatever if Jacob Markstrom isn't playing the way he's playing this season where are the Canucks? Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would like to see... Uh, statistic of the shot quality versus, a, that. versus versus other goaltenders in this league that 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 Jacob Markstrom is putting up because I, I saw like a little snippet over the last like six games the level of the level of quality scoring chances that he was facing versus other goaltenders and it's like there there is just no there's no way that they should be winning the games that they're winning so the conversation for him living in a in a heart nomination i think that's like that's i mean that seems like a little bit crazy to me I, I i get where you're coming from i mean he is the the most viable valuable player to his team and if this team does anything in the playoffs it's very very likely going to be due to him mm-hmm. but like i think i i think the closest comparison to me watching what he was doing what he's doing for this team Compared to another player down the road, it was probably what what Mika Kiprasov was doing for the Flames back when they were winning, when that team played was, essentially every single game. Yeah, when that yeah. team was like basically Craig Conroy and and Jerome McGinley, and that team was Marty G. yeah, that team was rolling. But it was like every single night, Kiprasov was looking like an octopus in net, right? So because he had to be, because he had to be, and I think Marshram has proven that he he is a starting goal. He's he's fixed a lot of things this year, right? He's proven that he's a legit. Number one goaltender. He's proven that he can carry a big load. He has proven that he can win important games. He's proven that he can run with the ball over a period of time. Yeah. He's proven that he can deal with some serious adversity. He's already an all star. You know what? And keep going. I'll I'll finish. Yeah. No. He's proven that he's already he's already an all star. Uh, He's bet on himself because this is a contract year, right? And I don't know what is going to happen with Jacob Markstrom but I said at the start of the year that um, if if he's going to get paid like six and a half seven mil or something like that because that's where numbers of people were throwing around I'm like well then he better be a Vesna caliber goaltender because we're talking about like Bobrovsky numbers and he's probably somewhere in between <laughs> somebody brought this up my a friend of mine brought up the the Bobrovsky and Ben Bishop right somewhere in between those guys he's uh, like I'm looking on money puck here right now and
0: uh, like his save percentage uh, above expected, uh, re- uh, save ex- expected save percentage on unblocked shots. Like he's he's not even in you know the top ten. He's in barely the top fifteen. A few of them, some of them in the top twenty. Yeah. Um, but it, it's funny how what he's doing isn't necessarily showing up in a in a, a hard stat of whether it's an advanced stat or not mm-hmm. that what he's doing is like you know i talked about like those win saves he's not even doing those anymore they're just all of them
1: yeah and they're like ridiculous like i don't, just in that that nashville game alone like there was at least three five alarm saves over a course of like two minutes that i saw like just crazy ones like we're talking about ones where I'm yelping and getting out of my seat because the save just happened, right? So, yeah. And not to mention that he's just added this the, the K-Tel patty stacker now to a he's regular... He's got like three in yeah. the last like two weeks. So it's a regular part of his repertoire now when you see a six-five goaltender throw a pad stack in there. It's and, pretty freaking epic. And right? two of those times came in the skate jersey too. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago that we were like all over him for trying to throw a poke check on a breakaway. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and
0: now now we're thinking, no. oh, just, just play the puck. Just come up to the hash marks and just rifle it up, which he's doing. Like He's becoming not quite a Marty Turco, but he, he kind of has that, that extra defender kind of pass, that first outlet pass. Which, uh, you know, is definitely adding to their offense as well.
1: Yeah, that was one thing that Lou never had was the, the puck handling oh, ability. And Schneider was oh. like, okay, but Marsham's Marsh solid with the puck on his blade. Yeah, Yeah, Luongo,
0: I, oh, favorite goalie. Favorite goalie of all time. <laughs> and that guy did not know what to do with a goal stick when the puck was on it.
1: I remember uh, back, again, another Jersey City reference, one of like the autographed 8x10 photos that we had of Luongo was of him playing the puck. So oh. I always thought that was really funny. yeah
0: you might as well get him to break the pitcher out and just get him my contract sucks get him to sign that one too
1: yeah that was also really good so uh yeah a a nice little bit there i think he's just he's just pulling now and and raking right now to to pad that contract extension and i i i don't know i guess we're gonna find out very soon here what the canucks are gonna do so um what would you do
0: well last week apparently i said i would keep him and I went on Twitter to apologize for my, my, dumb Um I mean, if you could trade Jacob Markstrom for whatever, um, if it became like a star player coming from the other side, I mean, you'd be stupid not to. It, Thatcher Demko is clearly able to eventually handle that load of whatever that looks like. And when you, does the trade happen, though? I just, I, I, I just, I hate to shoot it down. I just, they're not gonna make a trade. He's the way he's playing you would be stupid to actually even off unless there'd be a riot right now someone has it. to come to the table and knock your socks off and which it could happen but it, the way they're playing the way he's playing with the the off chance that the canucks fluke out and do something stupid this year and actually make a run mm-hmm. which it is it's the new nhl there's a lot of possibility there um why would you get rid of the one guy that's actually going to bring you that far? Thatcher Demko could potentially do it, but we haven't seen him enough. Um, just because Markstrom plays every single game, um, but Markstrom's stealing a ton of games that, and they're that not we don't necessarily um, deserve to be
1: in. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I don't. They're not going to trade him. Like I. I just can't the, the, go the, theoretical on it. Yeah, we're not, just, playing, yeah. we're not playing. We're EH, not playing EA Sports NHL right now. Like, it's not gonna happen. The 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 fans will riot if we were to trade Marksman right now, even if the package was stupendous, right? But it's probably not gonna be because goalies are just undervalued in general. So you're right. We're, we 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 are on a we're in a first place squad rolling with uh, uh, an All Star goalie who's playing like he's a Vesna contender. And who knows who knows where this can go, right? So, I I think that if a trade were to happen, it has to happen probably in the off season, yeah. And it has to be like some sort of sign and trade scenario where, like, we're gonna give you permission to talk to our guy to decide on what you're gonna lock him up for a deal, and that gives us a little bit more value coming back. Or at that time, you hand the reins to a Thatcher Demco. So if they decided to make
0: a move and i'm just going to go theoretical here and sure. again i'll i'm never good at these so bear with me here if they decided to move a goaltender and shore up that decision that is eventually going to come if they're going to trade Thatcher Demko and i don't remember if i said this on
1: the go podcast the, they're going to go the Cory Schneider route
0: go the Corey Schneider route go to new jersey wayne simmons has been in uh, the twitter uh, talks for the last couple of weeks okay you go well yeah you go in and you get Wayne Simmons, but they also need to shore up their defense. They need to have another solid defenseman, and again, statistics. I just I feel
1: like you're going Damon Severson with this.
0: I I'm getting there. <laughs> don't ruin it for my guys. You would have to go, and they they'd have to give up obviously something of value. And I I mean, he's on their power play. I think he could help the Canucks as Who's well. Who's on their power play? Severson is he
1: not still? Oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to say Simmons. No. No, no, no,
0: no. You're taking Simmons as a, you know, we're willing to take on the rest of that contract, Um, and he's away from you, he's a UFA. Um, we get Severson, and maybe, I mean, I hate to do it, but, I mean, is Jordy Ben maybe the guy? He did sign with the Canucks, but he doesn't have any kind of move, any kind of trade clause. If you had to pick between Damon Severson and Jordy Ben, I know Troy Stetcher is kind of that, you know, 6th, 7th. But if you could add one more depth defenseman that's a, a contributor in the NHL, would you not
1: potentially look at a guy like Severson and make kind of that trade? Like Demko... I like Severson, but... Demko you think, Ben for... I I don't know. I'd have to look more into what Severson's underlying numbers are, not just his statistical numbers. Because right. that, that New Jersey team is bad. Yeah, they are bad. So I mean, Taylor Hall left. Yeah, I, I so I don't know. Um, I don't. For some reason, I feel like getting Severson and Simmons back for Demko isn't enough. I'm. That's the basis of what I'm getting. Sure. At. Not, not
0: that doesn't have to be it, but that's where. Um, I'm, but then you're locking
1: you're lock, you're locking Markstrom up to probably like a six and a half, seven million dollar deal, and it's probably going to be for like four or five years. So you got to be okay with that. But don't you think that's going to happen anyway? I don't know. I. I I mean, it is Jim Benny. I don't know. Like it's not like It's not like there's a ton of money to spend or rolling around there, right? right. So, um, some guys have no trade, no movement clauses because they suck and they make too much money. Right? Also true. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting
0: trade. I, I, I like I said, I'm not great at these, so this is where I'm coming from. Roast me all
1: you want. I'm not roasting. I just no. I'm not talking you. Yeah.
0: Everyone else, I know you can roast me whenever you want. That's fine. I'm okay.
1: With that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. I don't know I don't know what they're going to do. The Simmons thing is kind of funny anyways. I don't want to see them giving up any assets for Wayne Simmons. And I know, like the Canucks should have done in many re- previous years, was trade guys like Ham Hughes and trade guys like Verbata because they were on the final year of their deal, instead letting them walk. Mm-hmm. And I think that Wayne Simmons is better than he was last year. Although he's still not effective, he's obviously a shell of the player that he once was. Oh, absolutely. So they're smart. They're trying to cash in and get, you know, just like they, just like they did with the Canucks did with, with Thomas Vanek, right? They're trying to get something for a declining asset who's on his way out of town for nothing, right? So um, I don't want to see Vancouver give up anything of note for a player like Wayne Simmons, especially when I feel like a guy like Justin Bailey can play the same role. And has probably already proven that he can. He skates just as well, if not better, than Simmons. He looks like he's physical, Non-stop motor. It looks like on this guy, he's hungry. He wants to play. And if we're talking about dudes that can fill in on the the third and fourth line, it's probably Bailey for me, as opposed to having to trade for somebody. Not to mention that we're gonna eventually get a guy like Levo back in the lineup. Yeah, there's you know Levo,
0: Tyler Mott. They, there are guys there, and I I wouldn't like to see them make a move. Um, I mean. Why bother? You've what? got enough you've got enough talent that you can bring up. You've got enough talent that's kinda of sitting there on your current roster that you don't have to bring up. Um, they're essentially gonna add, you know, it all seems to happen for the Canucks. They get players back at the trade deadline and they're already there.
1: Yeah, and it's the it's the free the free edition. If we're talking about getting guys back too, we're, we're obviously talking about Ferland, right? So yep. they want to know what they have in Ferland. He's back now. He was skating around in full contact jersey. He's back in Utica right now. He's going on a conditioning stint. Um, but if he can't bring it with that level of Brian Burke truculence, big Zaxler. Um, then I feel like Vancouver's going to try to make a play on Simmons, and I'm not stoked about it.
0: I just, as I said, like they do have. They've got McEwen. They've got uh, Bailey. There's, there's guys that are sitting there that cost zero dollars. They cost zero assets. Um, there's no movements. There's no this. There's no that. There's no the other. They have enough players that they can draw from, and they have a decent team already that, as I've said before, Just let them do what they're going to do. See what happens. Let the chips fall where they may. If they don't make the playoffs, if they don't win a round, whatever, next season is going to be that much better because we'll probably have Hoglander on the team. I mean, I just can't see the guy not making the Canucks. I
1: I don't know. I would be surprised if Hoglander took a spot. I like I like everything he's yeah, doing yeah but I, would, I mean I, I feel like there's only a couple of spots up for ground. so even I if it's surprised
0: even if it's not him there someone from Utica is gonna challenge for that spot if one or maybe multiple Pro- probably yeah so why bother adding something when you've already got those pieces you've worked so hard to get to why why bother give away I mean we're stating the obvious here but why bother why really? bother why bother yeah.
1: I just don't see the point of giving up on like what looks like a pretty solid lottery ticket in a guy like Madden. Yeah, you know, if if Jersey comes calling and they want they want Madden, I mean, there's that that connection with New Jersey and John Madden played there. And if they said that's who they want for Wayne Simmons, I I probably wouldn't do it. Even though you know I like the idea of giving up a prospect who we don't know what's going on for for a player that can play in the NHL normally. Yeah, um, I feel like it's a lottery ticket that we could maybe cash in on.
0: One thing I'm still a little bit concerned about, um, as great as Markstrom was in his 49 save performance, um, as well as his other 35 plus save performances, like feels like every game since Christmas, um, it's the fact that there are that many saves, and the fact that even though the Canucks are winning a fair amount, they're like what 14 and three at home in um, their last 17, they haven't lost that many games. They're they're doing well, but they're giving up way way too many chances and i'm just wondering i mean clearly that's not something that is. i don't think i don't think they're doing well the record
1: suggests they're doing well yeah but they're finding ways to win games i don't know if they're unequivocally saying like we're doing really well and that's what i'm saying like
0: the statistics show that there's w's on the board and they have more goals than the other team but i mean you just cannot continue to give up that many shots and expect the exact same result you're banging your head against the wall. And eventually, you know, Markstrom's going to break again. Just, you know, we like Alex Edler. You know, you just, you can't expect Edler to be, you know, perfect for, well, not perfect, but healthy is, I guess, the proper word. Um, same with Chris Tanev. You get these guys and, you know, you run them into the ground. Thankfully, they've... Regressed Edler's minutes down, but Markstrom doesn't look like he's going to get um, a massive rest, and he has said that he excels in when he's been given a lot of work. Yeah, that's, um,
1: that's what I I would say too if I was a uh, goaltender and I wanted to play. Oh, well, absolutely! <laughs> why?
0: Why? It's like it's my job. There's only one of them on no, the but team. Seriously,
1: coach, I'm good to play all eighty-two.
0: Yeah, That's that's great. But here's the thing: um, we have two goalies, and if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you need to use both of them. Um, down the run if you make the playoffs yeah ride one because that's essentially how it works but you don't have a 10-year 60 million dollar goaltender um, you've got one goaltender that definitely wants to earn a contract like that and you've got another one that's probably three to four years from getting the same thing so right now you know use them both because you have them you know you while you, while the getting's good get, get good
1: yeah I think that's exactly how it goes. Really. I, I'm that's
0: pretty it. sure that those are the exact words, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? We haven't done this. And I mean, there's two things. One, the power play has actually jumped back up um, a bullet point. there at 23.6, uh, which is still not great. Um, the penalty kill. And what does it rank? Uh, I think six or seventh still. Okay. So it's nothing to write home about, but... PK's middle of the league, 81%. Yeah, nothing again, nothing to write home about. Yeah, they are seventh by point one to the Rangers. Um, so whatever the power play is, what it is. I think, uh, that can't last forever. I do think they're gonna come back to reality and they are gonna start scoring some, some goals again. I, they just can't be that bad for that long. Um, the PK again, it's fine, it's doing what it needs to do. They had some massive kills against Chicago, um, and uh, against Nashville, but uh. Our, our segment, this is your segment, um, which I think uh, people do look forward to, um, the Dudes and Guys of the Week. I can't believe we forgot about this. Yeah. Um, I don't think
1: we forgot. I think we we're just getting there, no?
0: We're just we were just having too much fun. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. So, I'm gonna because this is your thing, and I've chatted way too much, my gums are getting sore from talking so much, um, who is your Dude of the Week?
1: Dude of the Week is Huggy Bear, Quinn Hughes. Quinner, Yeah, takes over sole possession of the rookie scoring race. it 63 or 64 points or something like that. Has a four point night the other night. Looks just absolutely devastating on the power play there. I know that there's games in lieu for a guy like uh, Kale McCarr who will inevitably catch up, but I just like everything that Quinn Hughes is doing right now. He's playing big minutes. He's playing against top competition. He just looks like an absolute horse out there, especially on the power play. It's now flowing through him 100% of the time, Yeah, which is the way that it should be. He's the QB for sure. Um, because we finally we finally have a power play quarterback, and I don't think we've seen one in here since, since maybe Christian Erhoff. But in not even this way either. But not in this way. So he just continues to surprise me. I think, and I said this before, every single game that I watched the Twins play, they, they had a moment in every single game where I was like, Oh, wow. Did you just see that? And and Hughes is doing that now. So he's, he's one person, not two. Yeah, and he's one person, not two. So he's doing that now. Honorable mention to Jake Furtanen. But the things that Quinn Hughes is doing right now, he's slowly taking this team over. And it's going to be, I believe, only a two-horse race for Team MVP. And that's between Markstrom and Hughes. That's fair. Not Petey. That's fair. That's...
0: I mean it's always tough to start making a new argument for, for Quinn.
1: Yeah, he could win the he could win the Cycle Taylor Award too for most exciting player. I mean I, there's I think he he well, him and Markey yeah, Again. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean and really those are the awards that matter. The, the, the his game is is not underrated. It we're talking about a rookie defenseman who could break a franchise rookie scoring record that was just broken last year and the guy that was passed was Pavel Bure.
0: Um oh and he's a defenseman. Not yeah. not the number 1 center on so, the So Gretzky
1: thinks he's pretty good. So. So that's my dude. Oh it
0: seems like Gretzky thinks he's pretty good like yeah Gretzky did some pretty good things that's why he thinks he's pretty good. Um,
1: so that's my that's my dude of the week. Okay.
0: I'm going to go uh I'm gonna, not one I'm going to go with two guys this week. They had amazing no, I'm just kidding it's not it's the city. Okay. Okay Brady. It. Yeah, it's not the city i <laughs> sorry. Um, no, my my dude of the week is Jacob Markstrom. I've talked about him all right a ton uh, tonight. He is absolutely rocking it for the Canucks. His saves aren't just saves anymore. He's so square to the puck, he's handling rebounds. When he knows the puck needs to go out of play, and I know this sounds kinda silly, he knows how to direct those pucks to give his team a break and whether it's off the block or his mask or his shoulder or something, he's cutting down those angles. And I think the goaltending coaches, is still Ian Clark, at their goaltending coach. I always forget who's yep. still there. Um, whatever he's done to to change Markstrom, um, I mean, there's a guy that deserves you know some award uh, consideration because at the end of the day, the final you know line of defense is the goaltender, and they're the ones that usually get criticized the most. And he is just absolutely tearing it up back there, and it's it doesn't have the same Roberto Luongo feel. But he's doing a lot of things that Roberto Loong was doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, right down to those big white pads.
0: Oh, Man. it's, and I mean, and his, you know, his aesthetics are on point too when he's got the skate gear out there. Like, he knew what was up. Him and Demko did an amazing job on that. Uh, but yeah, Jacob Markstrom is my dude of the week. Good.
1: How about your guy? Guy of the week. Um,. Is Elias Pedersen, but not for the reasons that you would think on mm. overall poor play. Go on. I just think that he is uh, hes getting Sedin'ed out there right now. And that's Sedin is not Swedish for mug me, hook me, hold me. Um, but I think that teams and opposition are absolutely 100% taking advantage of the fact that the whistles are a bit put away on calls on him. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it. Canuck Nation is definitely in a bit of an uproar about it. He had to sit out a game as a result. Um, I think Brady has in here that it was a healthy scratch. I think he was scratched because he was hurt, no? Yeah. Um, regardless, I just think that f- the league knows now, everybody knows that that you're a dude on the regular, mm-hmm. and they're going to play you like it, and it's Gonna, he's just going to have to find a way to fight through it because that's not going to stop. And it didn't ever stop for the Twins. And all he can do is look to that shining example to see that he's going to have to mold his game in that direction and find a way to elevate above because he has the ability to. And again, it's not his fault. And maybe something has to happen on this roster to help him out a little bit. Uh, and maybe you know, the Canucks as an organization need to take a bit of a stand with the league. Yeah. But Which he, they, they have too, they have, but, but... He has to just turn a blind eye all to that. and He's gotta play his game and continue to find a way to step and elevate himself above these thugs. He just has to be...
0: I mean, he has to accept that he is a star and he's gonna be treated differently. Yeah, and, and it's... Which no, is awful to
1: say, but that's how the league works apparently. And so. it's no different than the Twins, right? So if there's penalties being taken, even if they're not called all the time, then we just absolutely, he's gotta make him pay on the power play. Yeah. People were terrified, terrified to take a penalty against the Twins. And the Canucks back in the well, they And they made him pay every single time. Every single time. time. Like you thought, yeah,
0: yeah, whatever. Hook, hold, trip, whatever. Yeah, watch this. Uh Let's have run time on the power play because we're not going to need the whole thing. Yeah. So guy of the week, Pedersen. This was a really tough one for me because I'm going up and down the lineup and I just... I, I really wanted to just pick... Um, the Canucks as a whole, which is a very Brady thing, and I'm really sorry he's not here because he can't defend himself on this. Um, just for for their their pushback, the we way love you the, Brady. yeah, the way the the team their their pushback has just been, it hasn't been there until the PD injury essentially. Um, but I'm probably gonna have to go with uh, Rooster. I know he did score. Um, uh, did he score or did he have an assist the uh, the other game there? He had. He's got. He's got two. He had an assist last game. He did balls. score against Minnesota, but I feel that what he brought last year, he hasn't quite hit like that full stride this year. And maybe it just comes down to line match or uh, to you know line combinations. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I think there is a little bit more to Russell that uh, he can bring. Um, says the guy on the podcast. But um, he is that energy guy. He is that guy that does need to. S- um, you know, I'm not talking about fighting, but to stand up for some of his teammates in the moment. Um, I think they got the memo after the fact and started responding. That's too late.
1: Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like it's almost that you, you play a limited amount of minutes, and you're a trusted player and you're a veteran on the squad. Yeah, you can't just be going about your business. Yeah, right? you I have mean, a role. Like you, you have a role. role. Like uh didn't get a ton of ice time back during that run. I'm talking about Raffi Torres, but you knew every single game that he was out there playing and he was on the ice and the other team knew it too whether he's in the penalty box or throwing like he he did a little bit of everything and he scored occasionally too yeah
0: yeah so I, find I, a way to impact the game exactly and I just you know you hate to pick guys and I mean I've picked other guys in previous weeks and that's worked out really well for me um, as far as being Nostradamus but uh no Antoine Roussel you know I, I love you as a player. I think you're so much fun to watch. He's but great, yeah. He, he is just another character on uh, a very, uh, very uh, colorful connection. You know, I guess, what do they talk about? Uh, we have a colorful history or whatever they were saying. Um, he's definitely one of those guys. But, uh, yeah, this week he's my guy of the week. So that's, you know, I'm sorry, but that's how it's got to be. So um, I think we kind of covered, covered everything um, that's happened in the last uh, –
1: week or so we... We, we we run the gamut i think like the only thing we didn't touch on was probably um shea weber being hurt oh He's gonna probably end up on long-term injury reserve could you imagine the the ankle sprain um but i think we know uh, what we're getting at here yeah this is obviously talking about the canucks and the, the luongo the cap salary cap capture yeah um and i just feel like it's they're gonna get off the hook again. I think no matter what, the league is gonna list it as a long-term injury reserve. Yeah. And and he Shea is gonna find a way to help out both Nashville and Montreal.
0: Montreal. Or or they do the other thing, and this would be so NHL if it happened that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna let it slide, and they're also gonna save the Canucks. You know what? This we we agree. It's it was a little bit flawed. And for the one, was it one year left on, for Luongo, for our cap recap? I think,
1: I think they uh, they abolish it.
0: Yeah, they abolished that one year, like, all right, we know we kind of screwed up a bit. And it's just one year. It's like, you know what? Screw you guys. Because who cares about the final year? We've made it work for the other two. So get out of here. I'd rather,
1: like, some sort of second round draft pick, John Tortorella draft compensation. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> great? Hey, eh? like, you know what? We're going
0: to give you a third. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I I could see it going that way. I could see them just like making
1: the LTIR thing. Um, He's going to do the league won't so I just feel like the league won't allow him to not go on long-term injury reserve. I hope so. Even if he wanted to as a kick, I'm done. I just don't like playing hockey anymore. Yeah. Like, so oh, did Chris oh, Pronger, so did a bunch <laughs> of other they were guys. They're injured. Yeah. And we can't have the Nashville Predators be fined $25 million yeah, a season cuz they'll fold. <laughs> yeah.
0: And not not even jokingly. Like that would be a lot of money that would like cripple. They'd have to trade a yeah, ton of guys so congratulations NHL you rule as a laughing stock yeah as well as a bunch of other things so um, I think that pretty much did you have anything else
1: no no I think I'm, I think that's it
0: um, again uh, Brady wasn't able to be here this week is that's why you haven't heard his voice for the last hour uh, we didn't just have him tied up in the corner there um, so that would just be kind of cruel and unusual and we're not like that <laughs> this, this goes to a very different direction but uh, I digress um yeah that's basically it for this week uh follow us at the pp1 podcast on twitter and on instagram Mm -hmm. um please um sincerely do that Uh, we want to see this thing grow i think there is a pretty fun future even if we are only getting you know 40 or 50 or however many people a week listening um tell your friends tell your family tell uh, the rest of the twitter world that this is a this is a, a thing that we're making work here, and uh, we're we are working on a couple of really cool guests. Um, um, the guys kind of know about them, but uh, we won't release that until uh, everything's official, and uh, we can make that work. But uh, yeah, follow us. Uh, you can follow myself. Uh, actually, we'll start with uh, Braden. He's not here. Uh, follow him at. Uh, he writes for the Canuck Way, and uh, he's kind of the the site super. Make sure that everything. Go smoothly over there at the Canuck Way. You can follow him at, at BKUrsel23. Um, you can follow myself at always90Four um, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I'm a fun guy. You definitely want to see what's going on with me. Sometimes I just forget to post. but Not, a, I not do... a mushroom, but a fun guy. Yeah, a fun guy. Well played. And then uh, this guy over here, Sea uh, Bass. It's Ted. Ted Wong. Yeah,
1: Ted Wong. So... Uh, as always, I'm on Insta as well, but you can hit me up on Twitter at T3, that's T-E-E-3-R-E-E. Uh, and if you know the guy that has the Twitter handle with the R not in it, just 3-E-E, let me know because I'd like that one, but he won't give it up.
0: Hmm. Maybe we need to start a campaign for this. Yeah, free um, T3. Also, uh, you know, like, subscribe, rate on uh, Spotify, on uh, I guess Anchor is where we're based, um, but Apple uh, Podcasts. Um, seriously, I don't think, uh, I think there's like one rating on there. I'm not going to say who it's from. Um, but uh, please, we would really appreciate it. Something about analytics and knowing who's actually listening. Uh, it does go a long way. We want to find out where everybody's coming from and uh, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Feel free to tweet at us. Um, I'd say we're both fairly active, as is Brady, on on Twitter. Um, Definitely during the Canucks games, but during the week there's always something to be said. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you guys uh, listening along, and uh, I guess that's basically it for this week. There's only one more game, uh, what's on Sunday?
1: Sunday's Sunday's game, yeah.
0: And then they got I think like a Wednesday or something. And then so. it's, yeah, and then we're off for a little bit. It out, is so. spaced out. So uh we will be back next week. I would assume that Brady will be here. Um because uh, we need three people to do this. I yeah. Think.
1: So other than that, much love, peeps, and thanks for listening. Hey,
0: have a great week, folks. Peace.